I received this in the mail, and it says, what you do matters. It was appropriate for what I was going to talk about today. And what you do matters, this is about a few chose to act during the Holocaust to help the Jews. Do you think that it mattered to them that somebody helped them? Do you think? You know, sometimes we say, oh, what I do don't matter. Let me talk to you about that for a moment. Today we did communion. Did we do something in honor to God? See, your doing is important, but it doesn't save you. Let me get that straight. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved, through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, lest anyone should boast about their abilities. This is what he's saying. Don't boast about what you can do, because God gave you the ability to do it. In Exodus, we're talking about God giving the people the ability to be workmanship, having workmanship skills and abilities. He gave that to them. And he even says, you can't do anything apart from me. So we've got to look at the scriptures a little bit and say, what I do matters because what I'm doing is for you, God. Where your mind goes, your body follows. If your mind is in the pits, that's where your body's going to go. If your mind thinks, oh, I just, I'm not doing so good today, everything's going haywire why don't you stop and say, let me start over now. And, you know, we get do-overs on this planet, don't we, Butch? We get do-overs because we're flawed. I'll tell you what the secret is, and I think he hit it on the head. We won't have to do a do-over if we listen to God from the beginning. From the moment we start to do something, what do we do? We go on the Internet. How do I do it? We, don't there's a lot of how-tos on the internet? But is it something that we're supposed to be doing? You know, I, 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 I'm right in there. I'll, I'll receive that message. Because I get out there sometimes, and in the middle I count the cost. Instead of at the beginning. What did I get myself into? So yesterday, I go to my sister's house. She lives in Newcastle. And I took my costumes with me for us to do our, <laughs> our song. <laughs> It's a comedy, people. I want you to know that it's turned into a comedy. Because it wasn't what I thought. It wasn't what I imagined it was going to be. And I thought, oh, no, what have I got myself into? That's what I said. So no, remember this, people, when you come. It's a comedy act. Okay. But I'm just saying that, you know, we have expectations. And then in the middle of it, we go, what have I done? Do we, has anybody ever done that? Am I the only one that's done that? Okay. But we do know what people are thinking. Did you know that you could, you're not going to know what they're thinking in a moment, but you can know what they've been thinking by how they act. Because where our thoughts go, our body follows. Matthew 7, 15 through 26 says this. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. What they do matters. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. 
A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not good fruit is toned down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, let me say that again. Wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. Say that fast three times. <laughs> Wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. James 1.22 says this, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer, and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his face in a glass, looking at yourself in the reflection. He goes away and forgets what manner of man he was. You forget who he was. He sees it in the mirror, that's who I am, and he walks away and forgot who he was. You know, in, in scriptures we're talking about why is it so monotonous? Why in, in chapter 38, 39, and 40 in Exodus, he repeats himself. It's because we forget. We forget things. Do you need to be told a couple of times? I was listening to a, 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 some worship music the other day, and they kept singing the same line over and over. You know, Ron, when I'm talking about they sing it over and over and over. And I said, Lord. Why are they singing that same stanza over and over and over? I mean, oh, I was like, ah, he goes, because it takes about 20 times for you to get it. It does. And I go, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> James 2 says uh, in verse 17, even so faith, if it has not worked, is dead being alone. A man may say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without my works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So again, it's what you do, I can tell the level of faith. You know, I have a friend, and we talk about our circles. We have circles. <coughs> Everybody has circles. You've got the inner circle, you've got the middle circle, you've got the extra going out farther, and then you've got the extra circle. And this is, you're in the middle, and all these different circles are layers of individuals in your life. Who's in your inner circle? Who's in the next circle? Who's in the next circle in your life? We, we are looking, you know, that's what we do in our lives. We look and see who can we trust the most because you know by their doing who you can trust. Is there anybody that turned out from the middle circle ended up in the third circle? It happens. So, what do we do with what we have is what God's looking at. What do you do with what's in your heart? Like Jim, I thought that was pretty stellar that he came up and just came and served the Lord on his knees and worshipped God. He did something. Did that do something to you? Did that make you feel like, wow, he's honoring and reverencing God? See, it causes you to even grasp your own heart to see what's going on in you. How about the story of the talent, Matthew 25? It reminds me of the guy who, who got one talent. You know, everybody else got some, and they took it and did stuff with it. One guy goes, ooh, I'm too afraid. I'm going to go bury it. So he was known as a wicked servant because he buried that which he had. He buried his gift. Is anybody in here burying their gift? Now, I'm getting Greg out there with his gift. We're having Kelly get in her. We got people, Jeanette, everybody's doing their gift. We need to pull the gifts out. There's a story I want to tell you about a Jewish woman. It was during the Holocaust and the Germans were coming in, and you know how they stole all their antiquities. Well, this family was hiding somewhere. I don't know how they, they were staying hidden. It's a true story. They were staying hidden. And the mother, though, all these years had a china cabinet 
with bone china in there. And she didn't want anybody touching it. It's under lock and key. Just don't touch my china. I'm saving it for a special occasion. Nobody knew what the special occasion was. But while they were hiding, they heard a crash. And the Germans stole all her china. She comes out and realizes that all of her china is gone. And the moral of the story is, don't hold on to your gifts and hide them in a china cabinet. Use them. Use what you have because you do not know if you have tomorrow. And you do not know if somebody's going to steal it. Use what you have now. Don't wait. You know, I always tell Tom, I'm going to do today what I can do today because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it tomorrow. I never put off to tomorrow what I can do today. I never do, and I'm, I'm living that way. Some of you know that. You see my 5 o'clock emails in the morning. Abraham was called a friend of God because he did something, didn't he? He did righteously. He served God with his whole heart. He believed him. James 2.23 says, And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. What will you do when someone has a need? How about the guy in the Bible that is in James, and it says, if a brother or sister is naked, what are you going to say? Oh, I hope you get warm. See you later. That's what the scripture says that people do. They holler out their window. Oh, you're hungry? Well, okay, I'll be praying. Okay. What are you going to do in a situation like that? Are you going to do something? How about the Samaritan, the good Samaritan? What did he do? Didn't he do something? He took that guy and he took him to a place to take care of him. And he even says, when I come back, I'll pay anything that was charged over what I've given to you. He did something. And right now, even today, 30,000 years or 2,000, how many million years it's been, there's a Samaritan's purse these days where people are now providing goods and services to people in need. So what did Jesus say? John 12, 47. If anyone hears my voice and does not keep them, I do not judge that person. Ooh, are you kidding me? Jesus is not judging people today? No, he's not. Remember I said that last week, and I really, it really fortified what I was saying, that judgment is at the end times. He might turn us over to Satan for the destruction of our flesh, but for the saving of our souls, just like he did with Job. Some of you have Job lives right now. I don't know. I do not judge that person, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. It's not our job to judge each other. It's not our job to figure out, oh, that person, I told them what to do, and they didn't do it. In ministry, I'll tell you, that happens. When people call, like with Lucy, she keeps calling for the same thing over and over, and, and different prayer requests, different prayer requests. And she doesn't judge her. She loves on her. She questions her. She says, okay, let's see where you're at. She took time. She didn't have to. She could have said, oh, okay, uh, I'll pray for you, bye. She didn't. She took time. She did something. I think that that woman on the other end was very appreciative of Lucy doing something on her behalf. John 14, 17 says, and whosoever shall ask in my name, that will I do. So Jesus is doing stuff. We're not the only one doing stuff. Jesus is doing stuff. He's on the right end of the Father right now in an intercession for us. He's doing something on our behalf. And here's another one. Matthew 7, 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would do that men should do to you, do to them. 
Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Isn't that the golden rule? Isn't that what even the world says? They know that one. John 12, 47. But anyone hears my voice and does not keep them, I do not judge them. No one can cause you to believe the truth unless the Holy Spirit tells you. I had somebody uh, in this church actually um, call me and we talked. And she said, how do I know that I have the Holy Spirit? I don't know if I do. And I said, well, how you know you have the Holy Spirit is once you've received Christ into your heart. He deposits the Holy Spirit right then and there. You don't have to do anything. You just uh, open your heart and receive, and the Holy Spirit's deposited in you. And then I asked her a question. Are you able, are you changed? Is your life changing? And she said, yeah. I said, well, uh, are you able to say things you've never said before? Are you being able to understand Scripture? And all these questions. She goes, yeah. I said, you got the Holy Spirit. Quit doubting it. Quit doubting it and move on. So we've got... We've got different levels of believers in here. And so what we want to do is just love. Love them, love them, love them. Don't judge them, judge them, judge them. We don't know where they are in their walk. John 14, 26 says this. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. So as a new convert, a person that's received Christ, you can look at the scriptures and, and begin to read it, and then the later the Holy Spirit will bring it to mind. He will remind you that you read that earlier on something that you might be going through in that moment. We remember Jesus today through communion. So examples of doing that made a difference. This little black book, it just, when I read this, the discussion wasn't whether to save the family, but how to save them. Not whether, but how. How are you doing for your neighbor? How are you doing for your family? You know, in the Revelation it talks about, I know your works, they're neither cold nor hot. I'd rather it be cold or hot, not lukewarm. I don't want you hanging on the fence, I don't want you in the middle, I want you to make a decision, yay! or nay. I can work with yay or nay. I can work with cold or hot, but I can't work with the middle stuff as much because you're on the bound, you're in the fence, you have no clue what's going on. Revelation 3 says this, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen and faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. I would that you were cold or hot. But then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. That's pretty strong. That's pretty strong what the Lord is saying. But he's telling you, he's giving you a warning. Choose to serve me today. What you do with me matters. How about the king that's a good king? Aren't the people excited when there's a good king? But then when there's a bad king, the people mourn. Because it's what he's doing. Do we have a good government right now? Aren't they doing some pretty things that are making you kind of feel a little unnerved and wondering what's going on? How about the five foolish virgins? You know, they, um, they, didn't, they didn't bring enough oil. Sometimes we don't do enough. Sometimes we don't do something. 
we were talking in Bible study about taking the mark, and it's in chapter 16 of Revelation. And we went into a big discussion in chapter 16 because there's seven angels releasing vials and all these different things. Well, in that passage, it says that if you take the mark of the beast and worships the beast, he will be lost forever because he won't be able to repent. He won't repent. Even Jesus kept saying in the scripture, as we saw it, and they didn't repent of their deeds, and they didn't repent of their deeds, and they didn't repent of their deeds. So repenting is a good thing to do. Lay in bed at night and go, Lord, is there anything that I need to, to tell you right now? Do that. Missions today, we're, we're sending $100 to um, India, and again, he is using that money it's like, I don't know how many rupees, but it's a, a large amount, $100. And they're really helping the families in the area. And I think by us just giving our little bit, you don't realize what your little bit can do. There was a pastor who gave a sermon, and this guy was visiting, and he comes up and says, you know, I heard you speak a sermon back in, I don't know, a few years back, and it really changed my life. I, I have to tell you, it changed my life. He goes, well, thank you. He goes home, and he goes through his files and wants to pull up that, that message he gave. He wanted to know what that message said. And he pulls it up, and across the top it says, nobody listened. This was a dumb message. Because every, after every message, he would write down like a criteria on his own self, okay, or a, a critique. And so he goes, wow, I had no idea somebody was listening. See, he, he was like, I, I thought what I did didn't matter. Everything you do matters. Playing the violin matters. Do you think that matters? Yes. I, it matters. Jim praying, that matters. Kelly adopting children, that matters. You see, we got praying for Michelle. It matters, huh? Huh, Michelle? People praying for you. <clears throat> Don't ever give up what you're doing. You might say, oh, nobody cares. Nobody knows what I'm doing. God does. And you know. I remember one time I was growing up, and I remember telling my mom several lies. Okay, growing up, I told her a bunch of lies. I finally told her a truth. She didn't believe me. But she told me I would be a great actress because I was a good liar. <laughs> and, and, of course, now I'm in... I do a lot of different things, but the thing is, is that I, I was, by lying like that, I was doing something to my mother. I was doing some evil to my mother by lying to her. What you do matters. So, there's a story I'm going to close with. Like I said, it's not a really long message. But it was something that I believe we all needed to grab and just hold on to. We don't have to repeat it 20 times. What you do matters. What you do matters. What you do matters. So I was teaching a Bible study at Juvenile Hall in Sacramento many years ago. I did it for about 10 years. I'd go every Wednesday night and give a Bible study. Well, I'd have about 8 or 10 boys. And um, I would share the Lord and stuff. And they'd be kind of looking around, twiddling their thumbs, you know what I go, okay, what's going on? They go, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're teaching me. I'm never getting out of here. 
The world's going to explode before I get out. The bomb's going to go off. The war's going to take out. They were in a state of despair and horror and hopelessness because it didn't matter what they did. How many kids today are saying, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I do. It does matter. It matters a lot, especially to mama and dad. It matters a lot. And God wants us to say, God, it matters. It matters who I follow. It matters when I listen. It matters. It just, it matters. Psalm 37, 3 through 4 says this, do good. Do good, and you shall dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Do good, and you shall dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. I'm going to leave you with two words. Carpe diem. It's Latin. For seize the day. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Every day you grab a hold of it and see what you can do with that minute that he's given to you. Life is a gift. It's precious. a commodity you cannot buy. There's people who have died with billions of dollars and said, I wish I would have been with my family more than making this money on their dying bed. Seize the day, carpe diem. We're going to go out and seize the day today. Are you going to go do some something for family, for friends, for a stranger, for somebody you don't even like? Are you going to do something today? Because what you what you do matters. How you drive your car matters. How you stand in lines matters. You know, take opportunity. Turn around and talk to the person behind you. You know, make conversation. Because what you do matters. You might be the answer that they're waiting for. You're so busy thinking about ourselves, I'll have to get out of here fast, when he may be saying to you, that person behind you needs to talk to you, and what you do matters. We are his hand and feet in his mouth. So seize the day today. Go out there and do some things. Now again, this doesn't save you. It's because we're saved that we do these things. Okay? So if you haven't received Christ, you come talk to me first. Because you need the power to be able to do these things. Or to be able to hear God clearly. So Lord, thank you for this message. This message of hope. This message to where we can do something about our lives. Yes, Father, we know that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And we've received him as our Lord and Savior. Cleansed and purchased from all sin. And now we're equipped by the power of the Holy Ghost to go and do some things. In Exodus, when they had to go and work on the temple, they went out and did it. They didn't ask about it. They didn't question you. They just did it. I'm asking that you would help us to have that same kind of faith, that we simply go and do what it is you're asking us to do. In the name of Jesus, amen.